in our first experimental recording of Drive Time, we were talking with our different people on our on our sales team about aspects of what they do in hopes that we can start to share each other's knowledge in this age of separation. The voices you're going to hear, uh, Jose Valencia from Eastern Washington and Bryce Salter. What we're going to do is we're just going to talk about some key topics. The first one I want to talk about is the power of constructive laziness. Uh, that came up in a conversation and Jose has some really cool things to say about it. So Jose, tell us about how yeah. constructive you can be with your laziness. So I don't remember exactly how the, the uh, conversation came up, but I remember, you know, saying my mom always told me to pay attention to the lazy person at work or the, the lazy person in the room, especially when you're trying to accomplish a task. Um, because sometimes a lazy person finds the most efficient way to do something. Yeah. And, uh -huh. you know, we, we, we always judge someone on like, oh, that guy's lazy, that guy's lazy. But sometimes you got to take a step back and, and just pay attention to, to what they're doing because even though they're lazy and maybe your, your worth ethic is a lot higher than theirs, you can take something and learn and maybe apply it to what you do to, uh, to just make your life a lot more simpler and, 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 uh, you know, have more time for yourself in the, in the future, instead of, you know, doing everything the long way and the, the hard way. Sometimes you got to do it the easy, the fast way and, and some, and you get better and more results from it, you know? Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of that myself. You brought up how you've transferred this into your daily uh, interactions with with customers and if i remember correctly it informed the way that you would put together like a pricing guide or whatever yep. so that you would you would break your back trying to be as thorough <laughs> as possible but it you know they're only using it for like one or two things so tell us about that so you know when i first started doing food service uh i i felt like going in and talking to a customer and getting their price or their uh their item list you know sometimes the item list, as we all know, could be 50 items or it could be 300 plus items. And taking, you know, on those longer ones, taking the time, you know, sometimes it was just a full day of going in, matching up, pricing, and, and putting this, this nice sheet of paper together for a prospect that wasn't even your customer, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and what I realized is that 90% of the time, you wouldn't get that account. Like, they, they would... They would give that price sheet to the other, to the competition and be like, hey, uh, you know, here's the pricing I got from your competitor and can you beat it? Instead of thinking, um, you know, I always try and let customers know, like, if if your your distributor has already been charging you these prices for, you know, some of those relationships are up to 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, and and we're coming in here and we, we're giving you this, this ability to to make more off your food, to, uh, to take care of you and, and relate, we, you know, relationships trump things sometimes. And I was noticing that, that, that people would, would give my pricing out and the, I wouldn't get the, the sales. So, um, <clears throat> I think through COVID, I, I just dumbed it down a little bit and, uh, and instead of going in and, and expecting to, to beat the competitor or the rival on, on all their pricing, mm -hmm. you know, bring, bring other things to the table, um, and, and maybe pick off the, the top five things, come in with pricing on the top five things, because, you know, it's easier to price five things than it is 300 things. And, uh, and it just made, gave me more time to, uh, to work on customers that actually wanted to be a part of, of, of what we're doing here. Right. 
Okay, uh, so let me just jump in real quick. I think what I'm hearing is, you know, when you say dumb it down, I'm hearing refining your efforts, right? Yes. And I'm, what changed when you just say, okay, I'm going to, you know, rather than just jump on assumptions and uh, and take care of everything on their list, I'm going to have a conversation to find out what are their top five priorities and focus in on that. How did that change your interactions? It, it changed. It changed everything because I think it, it it leaves your your prospect with more desire to see what else is on the table. Uh, okay. Um, so what, what I've been noticing is, is coming in with my top five, your, their top five items at a, at a reasonable price mm-hmm. and then telling them, Hey, you know, I need a, I need to sign you up for uh, for an account so that we can, we can get the rest of the stuff priced out. And, and it kind of forces them a little bit more of like, okay, like if he's doing, if they're doing this good on this, I'm excited to see where, the rest of our items are falling in and uh so far it's been a successful thing for me because if they if they decide not to uh to sign up with us and, and give an account then i'm moving on to the next one in a in a more timely manner you know mm-hmm. um, and the ones that you don't have to move on from it sounds like you it it kind of entices them to keep a conversation moving in a positive direction so where you can kind of incrementally improve yeah correct Correct. Okay. Uh, uh, let me yeah. uh, let me ask Bryce. You know, Jose. Uh, he came out. He came from outside of food service, and he's got a lot of drive, and he's really committed himself to his own personal development in this new field. You're a seasoned pro. Yes. Uh, you know, you probably had you you probably went through some of this journey, and have got, and you've even taken even further with that. So, what what do yeah, you just, what goes through your mind when you're listening to Jose talk about this? Yeah, just listen, to Jose. I mean, I'll, I'll make the comment already. Like the way he's thinking is way ahead of where I was thinking. You know, kind of back at his timeline of, of his career, because time management is so important with this. We've got so yeah. much stuff on our plate, and if we're really getting bogged down by a lot of these tasks that aren't necessarily you know directly related with success or directly re- related with getting that account what i like what he said was you know when we're paring it down to the you know just a few items top five top 10 top 15 which usually affects a customer's bottom line more than any other item because that's what they're purchasing the most right. but what it also does is it just gives it a little piece and it has a customer kind of start meeting you halfway instead of you doing all this work up front before the customer's really even committed to any sort of higher level conversation. I'm taking all that time in the beginning, trying to price out and match things as perfectly as possible. And I go in with that encyclopedia and he says, thanks, you know, put it right there. I'll check it out later. And who really goes through that and does the right. math? All of a sudden, a couple of weeks go by and maybe my prices are getting a little bit old. It's got to be a little bit of us putting, you know, our Harbor cards on the table and a little bit of them kind of meeting us, not even so much halfway at first, but taking a step towards the relationship instead of me doing all the work and just trying to woo them the whole time. And you, know, you brought up two really interesting points, at least in my mind, my limited mind as uh, time management, which I want to ask you about because I think it's super important. Uh, but, but I think one thing, the one thought that shot to my mind when you were talking about just, you know, starting with that top five, that it creates a little buy-in on both sides. So it's almost like you're, you're creating a gravity with your brevity that wouldn't have existed otherwise. It's, you know, mm-hmm. I think that making a connection sometimes, uh, you know, like cold calling is probably the hardest things because you're, you're, you're trying to pull somebody in and they're going to resist you. But when you, if you can do little things that create a gravity, then it's a lot less effort and resistance, right? Yeah, I absolutely agree. And don't, and don't take this either by you know, even with the top five, top 10, I don't always want to lead 
with a conversation about pricing in general. I mean, mm. that's always going to be a factor, and especially in this day and age of you know how much prices are rising and falling and, and kind of the craziness. It's going to play a factor. But I'd also like to find a reason to be there that does not include, you know, being the lowest price on the block, because that's not really who Harbor is. We're not always looking to be the lowest price on the block where, you know, we're looking to do more and kind of, you know, find solutions to those higher level problems that kind of get you in a conversation that's beyond price. Yeah. Let's wrap this topic up. And I also want to have another conversation about value versus price. And I think that's a really important thing to start thinking about and how we approach it. But we'll do another recording on that. Time management. So bike, you know, this kind of comes right down to the laziness. And I absolutely believe that. I think that as long as you're not like a lame slacker, um, you know, applying strategic laziness is super great because it saves you time. So on time management, what does this allow you to do all the time that you're saving, not doing, you know, this task horse data nonsense? What are you doing with all that time that that you save? I'm going to hear from Jose real quick. Yeah. Um, Man, it, it just... It... One, I think it creates less stress throughout the day, mm -hmm. um, not having to worry. Just you're focusing on one customer with another one that your heels uh, to and less stress uh, means greater focus and greater focus. Right? And, okay. and yep. And being more productive and just even being happier to be at work. Um, mm -hmm. the, the second part is it, it allows you to to refocus your time onto other potential customers and other and growing customers that you already have. For me, it was huge. You know, instead of, instead of spending, like I said, a whole day working on one price sheet for one potential customer that didn't even have an account yet, that was just a maybe compared to the way I do it. Now I'm able to go see multiple prospects and then come home and, and work on, on, uh, customers that that already exist that really matter and taking care of them it's it's huge i mean just being able to to i don't want to call it cutting corners but but removing dead time out of your schedule and refocusing it onto important tasks cool. and at the end of the day you just feel i feel like i feel a lot more complete like i've, I've completed a lot more tasks at hand with the right. same amount of time so so it sounds like it get it it gave you a a greater sense of well-being professionally, yeah. uh, and it it gave you a lot more freedom to focus on important things and not get stuck on the treadmill of urgency. Yes, correct. Yeah, that's huge. Big. Yeah, Bryce, you've shared your calendar with me. Uh, I've had a number of conversations. You've done time management well. You've you, you recognize how important this is, and you and you develop some skills and best practices around it. So uh, I'm I'm waiting with bated breath to, <laughs> to hear to hear what you have to say about time management. Don't get that overly excited about this. It's not nothing groundbreaking, but you know, to kind of go off what Jose said, you want to enjoy what you do. You want it, a job to be fun, rewarding, you know, to feel that kind of purpose, you know, that you wake up every day and kind of look for. I don't know about everyone else, but building order guides, matching stuff and pricing items is not fun. It's tedious. <laughs> it's annoying. Sometimes you're doing it blind. Sometimes you have some competitive information it's nerve wracking. It's all the above. You know, did I price this right? Did I not price this right? Should I go a little lower? Could I get the uh -huh. company a little more money? There's so many decisions that go right. into that stuff. And do I care more than it even matters to begin with? It, right? Exactly. It creates kind yeah. of a stressful situation. So, you know, controlling and having time management, you know, whether you do, you know, you, you, you put your customers in a list and, and where am I spending most of my time? It's important to kind of revisit 
where most of your time is going and, and evaluate it on a continuous basis. Because a lot of things change, a lot of things, you know, you're going through whatever, you know, pandemic related thing. There's a lot of time suckers out there. So if you, if you keep revisiting it and just making it a focus, I think you're much more productive. You're finding much more value. You're reinvesting your time in the stuff that's fun, the stuff that, you know, that really makes a difference. A lot of times going through, you know, the encyclopedia books and telling you that we can match these perfectly and we're really great priced. All that time spent, nothing gained. So it's like, where's the measure of success there? You know, I did a lot of work, but did that lead to any success? Yeah. So it's it's that continuous balancing act of, of, of really evaluating your time. Where's your time spent? Where should I be spending my time? All of those things go into it. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of a never ending, you know, whether you want to call it an infinite game or what, that you're always always looking to get better, always looking to get more efficient. And as you go through, you know, your career, you, you find better ways, whether that's another person doing it or finding a better way on your own. If you're always open to those things, you just find more efficient ways to manage your time, which is just super. A commitment to a state of constant improvement. It doesn't give you that end goal of achievement. Is like it just kind of puts you on on a path. Is more of a virtuous circle, really. Uh, my my question to you before we close this topic, Bryce, is: Can you think of a catalyzing moment or a you know a, some sort of an era in your own personal development in this field where you realize that something has to change? In you know what you were talking about is like just getting lost in the minutia of these order guides and pricing and all that. Was it advice that you got from somebody? Was it just, you know, this is making me unhappy. I'm just going to change it. I mean, what got you What got you past that? Yeah, I don't know if it's a defined moment by any means. I think it's mm-hmm. just a little bit of self-reflection. I value my time. I value yeah. my personal time. Like, those are the things that, you know, motivate me to come to work every day, you know, to have that off time, to be with family, to go on adventures. You know, th- that's where my motivation, you know, really is. Mm. So it wasn't like a, oh, there's so much time that or so many different things that can suck your time on a daily basis. And if you're not constantly trying to evolve and constantly trying to, you know, be more efficient at those, it can eat you alive. And all of a sudden, instead of a sales consultant out there, you know, solving problems, I'm in front of a computer all day long, just trying to bang out price sheets and be the lowest price in town. And if you're not in that constant state of, you know, looking at yourself or looking at what you do on a daily basis and, and continually trying to improve that, you know, and especially with time management, that could eat up into your free time, into the stuff that really motivates you to do what you do. So, like I said, I don't think it was an exact moment. I just really value my personal time and my time away. So mm-hmm. I want to do everything I can to be the most efficient, efficient, to be efficient as possible on this job. And, you know, however I can get there, I'll, I'm, I'm into looking at it or doing it. All right. So you recognize the problem. You didn't know what the solution was, but you committed yourself to improving those friction points like okay i know i'm wasting too much time so i'm just going to start chipping away uh i'm not going to look for one magic bullet i'm going to start chipping away at making this making this unnecessary uncomfortable thing less urgent for me right you'll ne- and you'll never find the magic bullet but you'll always find maybe a better more efficient a different way of doing stuff so if you're, right. if you're always constantly looking you know there's you're just you're, you're gonna improve whether you like it or not <laughs> and then probably circling back and revisiting those things as you you know as you as you grow because unrelated things affect other unrelated things right uh, on always, that on yes. that strive for constant improvement yep always changing cool all right let's 
let's close up this conversation about that started with the power of constructive laziness, but really showed us that strategic time management is important and putting too much work into the wrong things is a big part of that. All right. Thanks, guys. This has been terrific. I appreciate your time. Sounds good to Thank me. Thank you, Andy.